I'm also eating like from a ghetto charcuterie plate of 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 cheese and toasted flour tortillas because I uh, I forgot to eat dinner. I'm uh, I normally have some sort of snack after dinner. I'm eating my kids' fig bars. Mmm, figgy Newtons. No, they're not even fig Newtons. They're like the fancy kind, the nature's bakery kind, you know? Ooh. They're so good. We had to stop buying them for a while because I was eating them all. <laughs> you get them at, you, know, you get the pallet of them at Costco, and they're just sitting there, just begging to be eaten. wanted to talk tonight about uh our dear friend the matrix franchise we were going through a list uh last time you were on and i was surprised that you had that you'd watched it um because i don't know how much of a fan of the franchise you actually are well i wasn't either until i I, (laughs) let me i watched this movie and then i was like let me go back and watch the other movies. And I watched all three of the prior ones. Yeah. And I'm really only a fan of the first one. Having rewatched, uh, what is it? Reloaded and Revelation. Re- no. Revol- yeah? Revolutions. Loosh Revolutions. Yes. Um, those are convoluted messes, in my opinion, <laughs> um, with noteworthy venturing into modern day overuse of CG, but like definitely being worse for it in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, but rewatching the first one, I'm like, this is a really fucking solid one-off action movie. It did not need to go further. Um, and watching the second and third one after it again, really kind of reminded me that. So I'm not a huge fan. I wouldn't say that it's a good trilogy, but I would say it's a good one movie mm-hmm. with a bunch of mistakes. after it. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm 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 a, I'm very forgiving of franchising of movies. Um like I agree about the first Matrix. I think it's really solid and it certainly works as a self-contained movie. You do get the sense that like oh there's there's a whole other world and more adventures out here to have. But at the same time um yeah, like it's totally fine. And it's, it's, it's a really structural, structurally, it's a really great movie on its own from start to finish the whole hero's journey that Neo goes on. The idea that by the end of the movie, he's going to like, all right, so he's the one now he can fly and they'll probably free Zion. And then they're yeah, like, like you can extrapolate yourself in your head yes. at the credit scene. What could have happened after? But it is hard for me to, to, to sit here and say something like maybe they shouldn't have made more because creatively it's almost like well i'd like to see more and so i'm i'm torn on the sequels because i was one of the people who really loved reloaded but not because it's good i just liked it um <clears throat> do tell uh, well that's it i mean I, <laughs> there's no there's no rhyme or reason um i i, I dug the further ex- exploration of the story world and Neo's new powers. And I really love the, uh, the multiple agent Smith's thing. I just think like, I just think, you know, 
artistically, like visually, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's a cool image. Um, so much of the matrix is so stylized. It's a franchise full of like iconic imagery and iconic moments. Of course, they're all from the first movie, but yeah, I was about to say the first movie (laughs) really is like, it's, it's not a dumb movie, but I wouldn't say it's like a super duper smart cerebral movie. You don't have to think too hard, but what I think it can be given credit for is just how groundbreaking it was for technical prowess, what it introduced to filmmaking and stuff like that. Whether you, you know, whether slow-mo bullet time stuff is a gimmick nowadays or not, like at the time it was like, what the fuck am I watching? This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd heard, I remember when the matrix came out, like, you know, we were 10. So like, you know, I wasn't old enough to see this movie, but a lot of my friends' parents, I guess, took them to R-rated movies, even though they were way too young was for it them. R? It was yeah. R. The first, yeah, they're all R. Um, yeah, is this some Mandela effect this, stuff. For well, you? I think it pays to be the youngest child, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, because I, yeah, <laughs> no, I couldn't go to I couldn't go to that kind of shit. I couldn't go to R-rated movies. Um, so I just remember the next day, like not the next day, whatever, whenever it recently came out, I just remember. I distinctly remember this kid named Matthew Birch who, who, who was like, did you see the matrix? And was like, yeah, I saw the matrix. Like it was cool. And I remember watching it going like, what the heck are you guys talking about? You know, like I was, I was, I didn't know what this was or whatever. And so you just, you just hear about it in passing for like eight years. (laughs) And then, um, you finally get a hold of it and you're just like, Oh shit, this is what everyone was talking about like half of my life ago. And um and it's still cool. Um there's all kinds of weird shit happening like the people's faces bubbling and turning into agents that was like kind of disturbing and 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 new and different. I've never seen anything like that before. Um Yeah, the first movie is is like a 4 out of 5 or whatever, 8 or 9 out of 10. It's it's a modern day classic for sure. For all the obvious reasons that I just gave structurally, it's very, very solid. Um, it, you know, it's an example of healthy creative restraint. Apparently Warner brothers had to be convinced pretty hard to get this movie made. And the Wachowskis is basically, I think they hired comic book artists, but they had to storyboard every single frame of the movie like I think not even like a shot because you would you would do that. I believe I heard that it was like extremely detailed, like I'd have to look it up, but I won't because I'm not a journalist. Um, I think that, <laughs> I'm not responsible for accuracy. I've just decided that it just slows the show down and and I, and I don't care. Well, who wants to go Google right now? You know, yeah, someone can Google it and fact check me. I don't I don't have staff for that. Um but uh, they they had to storyboard the movie so much and they had to convince Warner Brothers like every little bit like this is going to look like this. They had to basically show them, no, here's exactly what we're going to show because Warner Brothers was just like, uh, we don't know you guys. And like, <laughs> like we, you know, they had to really convince them. And so because of how heavy the studio was, but how strong the vision was, they were able to prove the vision, get the studio to go great now do that with this money and they did it and it's great everything after that is an example of a studio going hey you did it once here you go here's some money 
do it again. And they're like, we can do whatever we want. And then, you know, what do we want to do? All right. More CG uh, and, and 10 times more philosophy. And, and, and it comes out like, oh, this, this, these are, these are weird, inconsistent movies now. Um, Very heavy handed. uh, Yeah. Thematic clashes, a lot of weirdness. Yeah. Reloaded revolutions are uh, I liked a lot less on this rewatch, I have to say. So everything I described about loving it was rose colored glasses. Um, you know, they have cool stuff, but they're very, very confusing, uh, muddy, poorly paced. And they feel totally different from the first film. An example that you and I talked about with, with the Batman. Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises feel very different than Batman Begins, just aesthetically. They just feel like they're, 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 they are different films, but they are, they are tonally and visually different. And that's how the matrix sequels feel to the first matrix. Like the color palettes different, the, just the, the, even the way it's assembled, like the way it's shot, the way it's um, edited feels different. It just, it, it just, they just feel like different movies. Um, I'd probably give those both a two and a half. I don't know. They're entertaining, but they're, they're just, they have these long muddy, areas and while they're filled with the reloaded at least has some really cool set pieces like the highway chase is pretty cool pretty pretty thrilling there's a fight with neo fighting all these dudes with medieval weapons in the merovingian's castle which is actually a really cool fight like it's it's like the only fight in the movie that has like nothing to do with guns is that what the two stare the Okay, I remember that. And and that was really cool because I was like, this is really it was it's it's really well choreographed. A lot of things happening in a single shot and it's all Keanu Reeves. You know, there's no face replacements right now, you know, in in, in these movies. So like it in it's it's just it's just his his skill on display as as a actor who can work with stunt people. That scene is is great. And again, there's no guns. So it's just Neo fighting whatever five or six guys with these crazy swords and just one by one kind of taking them out. It's, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but the rest of the movie is just like, you have to make a choice concordantly. And then, you know, all, all that stuff. And it's just like, boy, I I think it's, I think it's talent and prowess as far as filmmaking in a vacuum, because the narrative is so like, you mentioned the Merovingian. I don't even rem- I don't even understand who he is, who the ghost bros are, right. uh, who Monica Bellucci's character. Monica? Yes. Bellucci? Yeah. Yeah. Who she's like even rewatching. And I'm like, I don't even know why I care. Well, she's Persephone because she's in the underworld, Kellen. OK, that's OK. And that's that's that mythology on top like, of on top of Christ with all, like all that Persephone stuff. Persephone was kidnapped like, and taken to the underworld. She seems like she's down there by choice. So is it is the allegory even make sense? I don't know, but <laughs> I, I agree with you. And and it, it is a good point. Like that is a time where they couldn't do, you know, all the cheats that they have nowadays. But really what it does on watching it in uh, retrospect is it just highlights when they put in a CG uh, stand in. Um the first kind of red flag was the um, was the uh, uh, playground um, conversation that he had with uh, the Oracle before it turned into a ridiculous CG CG Neo fights 80 CG uh, Agent Smiths. Yeah. 
And watching that again, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this was seen by eyeballs in a movie theater. Can I tell you Is something, it? though? Uh Oh, what? I love the burly brawl. <laughs> I love it again. I can't you like when he's artistic. spinning on a pole and kicking. <laughs> I don't like that part, but everything with the pole before then I fucking dig it. I love it, especially Maybe as like if a, you blur your eyes, especially as like don't a te- look too as closely. like a teenager, because it was, you know, the, it was cool and everything. But like, if, so, you know, we'll we'll say this, though, but the full CG is kind of weird and, and not like, again, inconsistent with what was fun about the first movie. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It was really. And I think maybe it's just the way it pairs with the music. But I loved all of the I loved all of (laughs) I loved all the pole play because he (laughs) I don't know. I just I I, I guess no other reason other than, wow, that's cool. But cool versus good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, though. Those two movies came out, what, six months apart or was it a year? Ooh, I think it was six months. Yeah, I think they, they were. It I was definitely one a came out movie in May they, and one came out in November, I think. Yeah. And I, you know, I was that was 2003 to 2004. So I was 14 to 15 years old. Uh, no. Am I right about that? So that was May I 2003. Def- and then um, probably November, November 5th. Yep. OK, so I definitely was caught up in the zeitgeist of, of that. I remember um, I didn't have a PS2. And they released like the Enter the Matrix yeah. video game uh, at the same that time. Heavily. Yep. And I like I remember making excuses to like go over to the same couple of friends who had PS2s to like incrementally play that game. So I was definitely caught up in it. You know, uh, if I'm completely honest, I, as a kid, I was definitely caught up in the the Star Wars prequels until Revenge of the Sith. By the time I realized I knew better. <laughs> but um, so at the time, I was definitely straight like all up in it, you know, um, but I wasn't really as scrutinizing as I am now as a grumpy 32 year old watch rewatching these with a glass of neat scotch on my <laughs> downtime after a long day of work kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I I don't know if you want to queue up the conversation for the fourth one yet, but I do think that it is easy, even after watching these uh, uh, rewatching them and, and being kind of negative about them. It is easy to look at the second and third ones with rose tinted glasses yeah. compared to the fourth one. I had no expectations for the Matrix Four, except that I would—I just wished it wasn't happening. You know, they released that trailer, and it's like, okay, here's some stuff. I don't know. I wasn't like happy about it. I wasn't. There was no flood of nostalgia. It wasn't like, oh my god, new entry. It was like, okay. And I was rewatching the movies up to leading up to this. So I was like, I was as close to the material as, as you could be. Um, and when the movie was over, I was like, this is a, like a two star. This isn't even as high as the other two films as the, as the other two sequels. Um, because it just felt so again, it felt even different from them, but like, not just like, Oh, it's been, you know, almost 20 years. Like, it just felt like this isn't, this just, this isn't the Matrix. It just didn't feel like the Matrix at all, at all. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie, Neo just puts his hands up. Like, he He doesn't doesn't even do anything. (laughs) Yeah. And, and neither does Trinity, really, except for like a couple of key things. When you tell a story, when you're writing a narrative, it's totally fine to, to speak 
speak through the narrative to your interests, your concerns, your cares of the world and everything like that. And it's it's okay to put yourself into a narrative. Um, I would actually say it's devoid of any character if you don't. Um, but there's a difference between uh, espousing values, um, um, uh, worldviews and stuff like that. And then there's there's a difference between that and hijacking an existing narrative expand expounded upon through three movies prior to then just use it as kind of like a fuck you metaphor to right to like your experiences in the industry yes um and 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 it's just it 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 was so meta to a fault that it just ceased every like whatever was unfolding in front of me i was like I could see straight through it to, yeah. to, to what what uh, um, was trying to be said about, you know, I mean, there's an actual literal like F you to Warner Brothers in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> via the guise of of Warner Brothers telling like the game studio that Neo's running in the Matrix. Yeah. Unknowingly, uh, like what to do with his game. And, and and it's just like. I didn't feel like I was watching a movie. I felt like I was watching somebody who wrote a script for like the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> yeah you know, like like one thing it, expanded it, into an entire movie yeah it felt like yeah. it felt like keanu reeves was hosting the mtv movie awards and they did like a matrix thing yeah and they and they use uh, uh it was they used the convention of the inherent meta of a world within a world you know matrix concept mm-hmm. to v- like extremely thinly veil veil that type of uh right. approach to it and um and it really just felt like it was these characters, you know, propped up for someone else's stage play. Um, yeah. Even even if it was one of the two, you know, Wachowskis that were responsible for the prior three films. Yeah. So uh, one of those mixed bag things again, where like I like that exchange of dialogue between Jonathan Groff and Keanu Reeves about the Warner Brothers thing. Like, you know, they've informed us they will make it with or without us. Can they do that? Oh, they can do anything like that's funny, but it's not funny in a fucking actual Matrix movie. Yes, yes. It's a funny if it were anywhere else. But the fact that this person is talking to Neo and talking about Warner Brothers making a Matrix sequel, I don't like that. The, the, the veil is too thin. And I get that they were trying to hide it in plain sight, but like because of that, everything else, they talk... I, I hear the word Matrix and Trinity, and I, I hear all the characters' names and all this stuff associated with the brand spoken too often in this movie for me to do anything but sit there and go, I am watching a movie. I am watching exactly. a movie. Yep. You know, and, and it's, 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 it's good to see Neo and Trinity again. There's a few moments where it's like, it's cool that the two of them are here, but it kind of amounts to nothing. Like everything else here is really confusing and, you know, at best and really underdeveloped and sloppy. It's acting as if it's above self-reference. Yes. And self-reverence. But it's really not. All it is is do, is shoehorning replacement actors to fill the roles that that those yeah. folks didn't want to fill anymore. Yeah. So um, so like just to interject, like I so yeah. I, we knew before people knew before the movie that like that Lawrence Fishburne was not in it. 
and that Hugo Weaving, Weaving was not in it. And I remember saying, like, this is disinformation. They're going to be in the movie. And Lawrence Fishburne was like, I didn't even know they were making one until I was asked if I was in it. And Hugo Weaving told a story. So I was like, ah, Lawrence Fishburne is just trying to, you know, keep it under wraps. And then it was when Hugo Weaving answered because I was like, this guy doesn't like comic book movies anymore. Like, so he's going to give some answer like that. And he said, no, I wanted to be involved, but I was doing a play and we couldn't work it out. You know, he basically said Warner brothers wanted to get this shot. He wanted Warner brothers wanted to get the movie made and they couldn't wait on a bunch of things, including Hugo weaving in this play. So he couldn't be a part of it. And then I, it was after that, that interview, I realized it was, it was real. They were telling the truth. Cause I was like, that tracks with the narrative of this movie. And of course, if you had read headlines, I didn't at the time, but I have, you know, people have put together since that that whole Warner Brothers metaphor is, is what happened with this movie. Warner Brothers has been wanting to make a Matrix sequel for years. The Wachowskis kept saying no. And then the then Warner Brothers was like, okay, well, you, you're aware we can do this without you, right? Which is why Lana Wachowski begrudgingly accepted directing this movie. And it tracks with Warner Brothers wanting to make it so much so that they can't even wait for a fan favorite character like Agent Smith to be available and have a role in it, which Jonathan Groff, well, whatever. But that would have been so much better if Hugo Weaving was the actual boss of the game company. He was back as Agent Smith, but not Smith. Yeah. And, and it wasn't such a twist so far into the movie that it required a, 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 a red herring. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. and even then, at the end of the movie, with with him being like, "Never mind, I'm your friend," and it's like, "What? You're like mortal enemies. You're like diametrically opposing forces. You can't just help him." I mean, there's a certain amount of like, we need each other to to even be who we Man. are, kind of thing. But but that's <laughs> that's not a defense. Um, that's literally just like a like, it's a Goku Vegeta type shit. Like they didn't team up to that level, but like, oh, you take that back. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, um, look, th- this 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 film might age better once a full new trilogy is available because I'm sure they're making more. Seems like they're setting up to. Maybe. I don't know if Lana Wachowski's going to be involved. But usually stuff like this, I will reserve full judgment until I know this is done. But since it's not right now, it's like, I don't know. Ugh. But it's 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 not really strong for me as a standalone film, um, especially considering how much it relies on, you know, the past trilogy and teasing of future events that we don't we're not getting yeah. to see yet. I wrote this note here. So everything that's meant to be relevant messaging comes off as really obvious, um, including all the meta humor. It's like movies think that if they're honest with the audience about why they're being made like, hey, you all know that this is for money. I'll just tell you it's for money and then you'll excuse it. But they think it excuses them being lazy with the story instead of coming up with a real reason that the movie has to exist. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying. Like you at least have to write a compelling narrative to, to thread your intent into, you know, you can't write the real life reason a movie is being made into the plot of a movie. (laughs) You need to write a story. You're supposed to write a story with with reason with with story reasons. You can't just say we're here to tell you a story through cinema because we want to make money for the studio so we can make more stories. And these are actors playing roles. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. <laughs> this is gonna sound like a compliment. I don't really mean it as such, but like if you if you look at the second and third movies and you go, I don't know what is going on. I don't know what you're trying to do with lore, with with metaphor, with mythology references and stuff. There's too many characters. I don't know why. The, I don't know motivations of half of them. This one was very simple, um, kind of cartoonishly simple, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So like there's something to be said about like I was not confused as to what was going on ever in this film. Like, and some of that's just because it's a simpler plot, but some of it's also just because of how he- like ham fisted and heavy handed. Sure. Um, what we've been talking about was, was laid out to the audience, but you know, I, I'll say this. It's interesting because a lot of people's like, like we talked about, see it as like a middle finger to the studio franchise system. So, you know, instead of like a by the numbers soft reboot that people may have expected, Lana decided to make, something directly critical of the situation itself. It's kind of like you were saying earlier, like instead of, instead of a soft reboot would have been a nonetheless entertaining, cynical cash grab. Like the star Wars movies are somewhat entertaining, cynical cash grab. Yeah. But instead of that, we got a cynical, boring film. Um, You can't go, you can't go middle finger. Watch me. Ollie. And then fall on your face. Like, you know what I mean? You got to land the trick. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just like with, with, you know, again, to bring up Star Wars, like people generally like the, the, the new trilogy, like audiences generally like those movies, but, but this is a lot more like the last Jedi of those movies. If you're to make it even a comparison to the, the new Star Wars, which I guess I'm choosing to, you know, but like, and like, but even the last Jedi was much better about trying to walk that tightrope. It didn't have Luke come out and say, you know, I wish George Lucas still owned this franchise because now the Jedi are stupid. Like it's the, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of him just saying like Disney owns the films now and fuck all. I don't know. You're supposed to make movies about things you, you, about, but you want to express your, your thoughts, your opinions, your, 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 yourself to the world to the audience through the medium and that's the artistic reason you make a movie. And then the commerce is to, you know, to sell the money and or sell the tickets and get the money, get the money. So you could argue that Lana made, you know, took a situation that was going to happen anyways and chose to, you know, again, make a big middle finger to the studio system with the studio system's money and put it in the script and somehow get it past their test audiences, convince them that no, 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 this will make you look funny to, to make fun of yourself like this. But the problem with that is they took my money to do it. (laughs) They didn't just, she didn't just make the movie and put it up on, 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 on Reddit for free and say, here, look what I did. I lampooned the system. Here's a link. No charge. Good night. They said, here's a film that'll be $17, please, or an HBO Max subscription. And that's the part that's sort of like, yeah, I guess it's avant-garde, except for you still made people pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and and, still and you, still, you still fed the system. Yeah. Um, Do you know what the budget for this film was? Could you tell me, like in comparison, you know, with or without inflation, what the budget was compared to two or three. I'll go budget and box office real quick. So first film, okay. $63 million, box office, 466. Oof. 
All right. Second movie reloaded. The budget was it's it's given a range, 127 to 150 million. So twice as much and or over twice as much. And the box office was 741 million. Uh Revolutions budget being 110 to 150. And then the box office was 427. So it was a drop off. And then, so this one resurrections, the budget was 190 million box office, 156. Well, box office can be thrown out the window just because of, you know, the very nature of how it was released. But yeah, 190 with inflation. What is that? Uh, almost 20 or 18 years later. Yeah. I would say that that's a smaller budget. Okay. Yeah. Um, just inherently. Yeah. But that's higher than it felt, man. Um, that it could be coupled with the fact that the actors are all, you know, they're aged. Yeah. Um, you can't do, you know, the crazy stuff that they were doing before. You know, you could talk about getting stunt doubles or whatever, but like I, I could I could give the movie some credit in saying these people aren't, you know, the people and the characters aren't who they were before. That does kind of betray the sense that Neo can literally bend the matrix to be whatever he wants it to be. Right. Um, but really what I was just so astounded by was how cheap the movie felt. Um, there's, um, not only in sets, uh, but, uh, filming techniques. Um, I swear, I swear I saw high frame rate stuff going on here and there. Um, possibly high frame rate i don't know but um the reuse of sets um a complete lack i I, you never find me complaining about a lack of cg um and i'm sure there's plenty of it just because of how ingrained it is into everything yeah but there were sequences where you expected something strong visually striking to happen um I, i you know spoilers are out the window when they're in the coffee shop for like the 80th freaking time in the movie and they're surrounded by all the SWAT, which I'll get to that. Yeah. They're surrounded by all the SWAT cops or whatever. And like Trinity and Neo come together and there's some like energy pulse or whatever. Instead of some sort of cool effect, I swear it was just a spotlight under them that lit up and it was just like a practical light <laughs> and nothing actually like visually striking happened. And I just go upon first watch, I was like, did they forget to put an effect in or something? It <laughs> it just struck me as so strange. Everything was so small scale. And you could talk about how the second and third films, you know, blew blew the proportions too wide open. Yeah. You know, oh, we like the robot uh, from Aliens. Let's put like 80 of them with machine guns inside of a giant, you know, Zion underground kind of thing. Like all that stuff aside, this movie felt so small and so pitiful yeah. comparatively. Um, and that's my main gripe is it, it 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 felt way cheaply made. Yeah, I mean there's definitely times where it's like okay, we got some money because we're making we're making this um, you know, uh nanobot morpheus in in, in you know, in the real world type of thing, but then it's like <laughs> so we we have enough money to just have this totally unnecessary incarnation of this character walk around on set instead of just getting Lawrence Fishburne to 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 be there. So that was so it's like you have the money, but yeah, you're not choosing to put it on the screen in exciting ways when you know how to shoot action wide with people like Keanu Reeves. 
the one of the reasons you can do that in movies is when you rehearse. You you choreograph a sequence, you rehearse the shit out of it, and when you shoot it, it looks cool because you're not having to make a bunch of cuts. So when that same filmmaker and that same actor and a lot of the same, you know, team creatively put that actor in situations where now we're gonna do fights and there's gonna be a billion small little cuts, every single punch has its own shot, and there's other confusing shit happening. That tells me uh you didn't have time to con- choreograph and rehearse anything. And so you cobbled this thing together in the edit and it looks like garbage. And again, I'm just going out on a limb and saying, I think, I wonder if this was, this was indeed a rush production and they just didn't have time, which again, is just like, well, then why do it? Because this, this is the matrix. Like people expect at least one cool fight scene. I know Neo is like, oh, I just remembered who I was and everything, but like, come on, you can't have him like stumble into remembering like his abilities. And cause this is, that's the thing. This is Keanu Reeves. He's not only done, not only is he Neo, but he's, but he's done three John Wick movies. He, he's not, he just, where he was considerably badass. He, he's movies. considerably badass. And he still has, he still has the beard for Christ's sake. And, and you're not going to have him, it's like he can do this if you have him do this, but you're not having him do. If you just watched this movie and and I was like, hey, uh, do you think Keanu Reeves like like is athletic at all? I'd be like, fuck, no, no, he's just some dumb, dumb old actor. I would think that he can't. I would think that he has zero capabilities as an actor. I'd be like, wow, not that much emotional depth. And he's not athletic at all. Like. You know, and then you'd have to pull the bag off my face and be like, here's the John Wick films and here's the Matrix one and be like, oh, oh, my God, this is totally different from what I saw. And and again, you could make the argument, well, he's older now. They just made John Wick three. He rides the horse and he he, come on. So (laughs) I was I I was just disappointed because like because. John Wick seemed just to talk about John Wick for a second. It seemed like they were slowly kind of finding ways to bring some of the Matrix actors into that because you know you got you got Clarence Fishburne showing up in one of them. And I remember thinking like, Carrie Ann Moss should come back and be in one of these movies. You know, like they had Halle Berry in the third one, which was really cool and unexpected. It's just like I wonder what other actor they could bring in to kind of play here with Keanu Reeves. And it's like, oh, that'd be so cool if they got Carrie Ann Moss because because it could be like a spiritual like successor to those or it would be fun for fans to see the two of them on screen together not necessarily as neo and trinity because the way john wick fights is not the way neo fights it's completely yeah. different but it's yeah. great and i love it and so to see him on screen it's still physical though you, it, yes but yeah. not like supernatural just yeah. skilled and and real and realish feeling but when you see keanu reeves on screen look with the hair and the beard and the suit and he's not John Wick. It's like he's has memory wiped. Can't remember anything. And then Carrie and Moss not really being Trinity except for like the one kick. I'm just sitting here like looking at all this wasted potential. It's like I, I there's no payoff. I want to see these characters do their thing. You brought them back to life and you just had them sit there and be talked at. It's well and also be impotent for most of the movie. Yeah, they can't do anything. Um, another uh, remind me if you've got you know uh, information up on it. Was this new one an R movie or was it a PG? I believe it was R as well. Yeah, this is an R. This was an R film. Okay, um, it, that you know just to get it out of the way, I don't believe that a rating signifies 
you know, a quality bar for a movie right. just because something could be more violent, blah, 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 blah. But there is something to be said about setting a precedent with three prior films and then taking taking the teeth out of the jaws mm-hmm. of the film and, and what it does. If you watch the first Matrix film, not to say that, you know, Apoc and um, Mouse and all these characters are very well, well defined, you know, well explored, but you you a certain level of attachment to him, especially Mouse. You know, he's the one that runs Neo through the the woman in the red dress and he's kind of cool and kind of like quirky and stuff. And you feel for him. He goes out in a blaze of glory. He dies. Apoc dies. Yep. The movie just starts annihilating people. And if you watch the second and third films with the, the ante has been upped, people die left and right. Yep. I would say it's less, you know, important yeah. people and stuff like that. But then in this film nobody dies no Im- no important um yeah. protagonists die even the one that you expect is going to die they go back and save them in the car crash that they were in and like i just felt like there were no stakes the entire time and my biggest complaint biggest complaint about the film is in it as it was you know happening in front of my eyes i was like what is going on <laughs> is the the first Matrix movie, especially the second and third one, not so much because they start bending all the rules so much. But when when characters are in the Matrix, it is to bystanders and people living in, you know, in the Matrix that haven't had their eyes open. They you could you could assume it is the real world when when the SWAT team rushes Trinity uh, in the beginning of the, the film. Um, she's a known terrorist. Like there's a reason why that amount of force was being sent in, but it's like five guys and it's a SWAT team and it's a grounded, uh, law enforcement, you know, team, uh, to bystanders and everybody in the world. Like this is the real world. What you look out your window right now, this would be what the matrix is. And it's these players inside of it that know better who are bending it to their, you know, their whims. This film at no point inside of the matrix did it feel like the real world no and and um the whole entire element of the agents being able to hijack uh real humans to do use them as they see fit and if they get killed as that human that person is dead yeah so when you're watching the first film you do get desensitized to it to a certain extent but when right. when neo and trinity and all these folks are murdering police officers yeah they are killing real people. Yeah. There's there, there's a, die. a level of a level of gravity to it that yeah. the, of of, mor- of the moral reckoning where you're like, I really need them to get through this lobby, but I recognize they're murdering people yeah, who but these people are who are showing up and doing their jobs. Yeah, it's like hey, there's there's dangerous terrorists in the building. We have to we have to uh, yeah, you know, like like uh, Neo puts down or Trinity puts down or one of them, I don't remember, puts down the bag and it goes through the metal detector yeah. and they open it and it's just a shit ton of guns. That guy is just like a coffee, coffee donut eating yeah. like, dude, He's making twelve dollars like, oh, an hour. Fuck. Yeah. And when he dies, you're like, ah, this is kind oh, of fucked up. Yeah. But like the greater good, blah, 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 blah. Right. In this film, there's a car chase. They're fleeing. And what I would argue is probably the most visually cool element of this film is also the stupidest ruining of the of the of the the story world. Yes. The ruining of the world that they've set up is all these people are overtaken by agents and they plunge and they start plummeting. And when they die, they turn into like code and shit. And at one point, one of the, you know, (laughs) which suggests that they're programs. Yes. And one of the unimportant protagonists, whatever, they literally added a shot looking out and going, 
Oh man, I hate uh what do they call them? Oh, oh I wish I could remember the name of it. But that one line and that one shot just it, it reminded me of um bots. Uh, it's just the bots. Yeah, bots. Yep. Oh, I hate bots. And and so they 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 land and instead of a, a dead body being there, right. it's like a fucking jumble of code or some shit that they see yeah. or something. And which feels like something like, that they would do if they were trying to skate without an R rating. It's like, we can't yeah, exactly. show bodies and blood, but we can show, yeah. you know, code and CG. And it, you know, the second Dragon Ball Z reference of the, of the, <laughs> of the show, <laughs> but the early, the early, uh, American dubs of Dragon Ball Z, the ocean, there's dub. a part where like, there's a part where Nappa, uh, he, he, he takes out like a, an F 16 fighter, like a fighter jet yeah. and an, an eighty yard line goes, Oh, I see their parachutes like. Yeah. And it basically goes, you didn't just see somebody die. No, 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 no. He didn't just kill and, real people who were. Yeah. Innocently. And uh, watching that sequence, I was like, this is both the coolest thing in the movie and the <laughs> stupidest thing in the movie. And that's saying a lot. Right. So it really felt like this movie just got its teeth removed. Like mm-hmm. and it had no punch. Like you, you made your villain Neil Patrick Harris like. <laughs> I love the guy. Yeah. He can play some roles, but he can't play sadistic and um villainous in my opinion. So yeah. anyway, that was my main diatribe. That was that was what I came into the podcast wanting to rave about. So I don't want them to make any more of these. Um if they do, I think they need to seriously reevaluate stuff, but I just don't think it's gonna happen at this point because it's like I've, if I'm Lana Wachowski, it's like, okay, I, you got me to make one. But people are mixed on it. If it had been, you know, critically acclaimed, you could see where she might be like, I'll do a couple more just to keep this, keep this from being like a terrible, you know, reboot thing for Warner Brothers. But like at the same time, I just don't have any interest in, I have even less interest than before. This just confirms to me that I don't want to do any more of the Matrix. If you're going to do more Matrix stories, dude, give us more Animatrix. Give us, give us do 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 some do some animation do some anime like just just do that like have a have a have some series and some reboot of the I matrix mean, like don't do disney the, did it with star wars and <laughs> that's the thing like so then you get into like is, is what's more important the characters or the world and and a lot of people especially dustin would say the whole reason this world exists is to support the characters of the characters of neo and trinity and whoever like not to say that the character work in the matrix is that good anyways um uh you know, if you watch the first film again, it's like that romance is completely contrived, but it's easy to go, well, there's a whole world there. I mean, this is the matrix, but it's like, yeah, but the most interesting part of the matrix was the fact that there was a one who could, yeah, you know, they wrote themselves into that. You know? <laughs> and the, the same thing with star Wars, as much as I love the Mandalorian star Wars exists because someone is supposed to bring balance to the force. It's just a really good story world to support a specific set of characters doing something in the story world. I I agree with you. Once somebody does that, you've kind of you've kind of solidified that as the only option you can really pursue effectively. Yeah, I don't agree that 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 it's a smart thing to do. Um, And I don't know. Maybe it's just because, you know, I like sci fi worlds more than I really care about continued characters. Right. I think the world of the original Matrix is really interesting. I yep. think the world of uh, the Galactic Empire, Galactic Republic in Star Wars is really interesting. 
uh, I think um, uh, if I get really nerdy, one of my favorite anime series is Mobile Suit Gundam and specifically this one timeline that is just so well established as a sci-fi world with these colonies and all this stuff that each show jumps from one character to the next. There's very little continuity between actual main characters, which is, I find really compelling. Um, but the main storyline in that, similar to like Jedi and Metachlorians, is that there's this next evolution of humankind called new types who have like uh, psychic powers and shit like that. That is the, in my opinion, is the least interesting part of the world of Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. And so the one in the Matrix to me is the least interesting aspect of the story. The the Jedi in Star Wars is the least interesting aspect of the story to me. And it, I don't know what it says about me because I think that means I'm strange, but I find world and lore way more interesting than this is all a giant galaxy or a giant universe. So we can tell the story about one fucking person or a handful of people. <laughs> I, I definitely hear what you're saying because it, it is very, for lack of a much better word, but it just to, to try and break into my point, it is very like religious to, to think of it that, to think of it that way. Like the, 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 the universe and then the, the centricity around a single person versus, you know, a scientific or secular view of just like, no, we are, we are very, very brief, tiny specks in a, a in an extremely, an unbelievably vast area of matter, and yeah, and that's totally valid. It, it's a coincidence too. that you're here. Congratulations on your consciousness. Um, <laughs> it's an accident. You're welcome. Um, but like, cons- the only pushback I would give is just like the whole Joseph Campbell mono myth, like it is sometimes about the hero and the one thing and the byproduct of making a really good hero's journey is you end up with a, especially if you know, in sci-fi you end up with a really good story world, which is part of why creators are on board for making sequels. Cause they're like, yeah, I mean, as long We've as we have these characters, setup. yeah, we did yeah. all the setup and you know, we, we made all the assets inside the server. So we have, <laughs> we can just, you know, we have all this character skins, but yeah, but when you start to go, okay, well now this character story is concluded. It's like, all right, even I, I can even allow for, even if like the whole reason the story world exists, the whole reason that we're have a franchise is because we made, we thought of characters with a, a beginning, middle and end journey. We put them in a cool story world and now those characters are gone, but we're going to make other stories with other characters in the cool story world. I'm cool with that if they find another way to make me care, um, you know, because it's like, well, if the story of the one is done, then all you can really do in the matrix is reboot it and have a different Neo played by a different person and then yeah. have him or her free everyone's mind, but differently, obviously it can't and be it, the same and it retroactively diminishes the prior one you know what i mean right like you can't you you couldn't make another matrix you can't make another matrix movie that's sort of what they did here where they're like there is no one don't worry about that the the conflict is now different and it's like no the matrix is all about freeing the minds and and regaining consciousness from the machine world and the, the the inherent lore of the story world has to exist like legend would tell of the one you know, who would, you know, who would freeze all, you know, that has to be there. Um, even if it, ju- even if it only allows you to reboot this franchise, maybe twice. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's kind of a bummer because um, if I was to say like what my favorite part of the movie is, was the character of Bugs. Like I liked that character. I yeah. liked the youthful, like invigorant, uh, invigorating kind of uh, energy that that character brought to the film. Um, it's always nice when something picks up years later to tell it through the eyes of someone who's new to everything around them. Right. Um, you know, it brings new audiences into it if they haven't seen the prior ones. And it also gives you someone that you like can see what's going to come around the bend for them and like see how they react to things that you already know about. So I really liked Bugs. Mm -hmm. Um, If the movie ended in what I would if the movie hadn't ended in what I would consider like the most fan ficky way that I've ever seen an official sequel to a movie feel like um with the trinity mary poppins moment the uh (laughs) the two of them uh flying off into the sunset after into the lens after picking on the villain of the movie who is now just a piece of shit like i would be really interested to see like what happens with bugs and stuff but now i don't give a shit right because the main heroes have just whatever they were doing wearing their cool fucking clothes at the end of that i I don't know i don't know this is where i start getting like shitty about it but um yeah i i hope they don't make any more films no i agree i agree (laughs) i agree i think we're in i think we are we are in accord in accord on that one and it's it sucks that it was a bit of a minefield though because like because it is so inherently tied to Lana Wachowski and her story and frustrations as a filmmaker and blah, 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 blah. Yep. Attacking the film, not attacking, but criticizing the film inherently seems like you're criticizing the person. Right. And like Lana Wachowski made really cool movies. I, yeah. She, she, uh, the Wachowskis made other movies that people didn't like that. I actually like, I did like, I liked cloud Atlas. Like, so sue me. Um, <laughs> I like speed so, racer. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. So like I it, it it literally comes down to, you know, uh, you have talent, but like you really kind of fucking beefed it on this one. Like it's it's more like, yeah, I see it as like I understand that you were trying to take the reins and keep them from kind of massacring this. This is the one time where I would say you should have just let them again, for lack of a better metaphor, you should have just let them hire J.J. Abrams to make a soft reboot. Um, because it would have made people, you know, it would have made people more nostalgic for your movies. You know, you could have just stepped away and been like, well, it's, you know, Hey, whatever you could have, you could have washed your hands of it, but you chose to take out your frustrations at the studio through this film. But because of that, it's not a great film in my opinion. It was self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, She mutilated what she didn't want on on somebody else to mutilate. Exactly. So it's like, I would have just handed it off and been like, sure. Because like, you know, if you can't legally stop them from making it, you have to look and be like, well, what's the decision? It's like, well, then I have to make it or they'll just make it without me. And it's like, just let them make it without you. Like, who cares? I mean, it's easy for me to say it's not my baby, but I mean, if the alternative is like doing something that you don't like, like it's going to be reflected through the art. And again, it just becomes a a cynical piece of filmmaking. And I don't know that there was much joy for a lot of these people in coming back to make this like is Keanu Reeves. Was he like super psyched to come back and be Neo? The fact that this sprang up, sprang up. I mean, it was announced and all that jazz. The fact that it happened during COVID, it somehow just 
flew completely past me until like release week. I was like, right. oh, there's a, there's a new, ma- okay, okay. <laughs> so I didn't see interviews, you know, um, I think in the lead up to like The Last Jedi coming out, Mark Hamill gave interviews where people are like, oh shit, Mark Hamill does not like this movie. Right, yeah. And uh, if that happened with um, with uh, Keanu Reeves or Carrie Ann uh, Moss or, or anybody, um, I remain ignorant, so. yeah. I'm sure they were just tight lipped about it, but I'll, 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 I'll close out by saying this. Like, I don't, I don't normally, you know, I want to give some kind of a recommendation. So, you know, just rewatch the matrix. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, everyone who's listening this far has seen the matrix four. So, you know, if you're, if you just watched it and you listen to us and you're like, what do I do now? Um, it's too late, but uh, just go watch the John Wick movie movies. Yeah. Watch, go watch John Wick one, two and three and, and the original matrix. And, uh, when he flies off and rage against the machine comes on, come with him now. That, that's, that's how it ended. And Neo flew to, uh, Sentinel command yep. and men murdered everybody. Yeah. When he flew away at the end of the film, he flew straight to the machine city. It, it took, it was about a 90 minute, boom, 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 boom. A, a 90 minute flight straight into the machine hole. Kablooey. All the battery people are released and everybody's like, what do we do now? They're like, we rebuild society. Just imagine an end credit sequence that's just him finishing the entire story while the end credits roll. Like, (laughs) he's just like flying. He spends like six minutes just flying straight and you're like, shit, where is he going? And then like right before the the licensed music starts to come up on the credits, he just flies into a giant pixel hole and it just blows up (laughs) and the screen catches fire. There you go. Your sequel could have been a five-minute credit sequence. Exactly. <laughs> An after-credit scene yep. before after-credit scenes. All right. All right, Kellen. Thanks for thanks for thanks for shitting on this movie with me. It's fine. It's fine.